1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: 971 FM Talk Podcast.
2: Welcome into the show. This is Wiggins America. This is the weekend, and you are in it. It's a long weekend, too. Happy President's Day. So, uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about with you today to start the show is, of course, the biggest news of the week, which actually is from last week but was undercovered. I do think we talked about it last week a little bit, but it was it was kind of breaking. We, we were just finding out the news, and really the news is long-term. So this is one that, yeah, you cover it in the short term, but the point of it is that it's going to have long-term implications. I'm, of course, talking about East Palestine is the way they pronounce it, apparently, Ohio, and the entire river valley that connects to East Palestine, now, this is an area of eastern Ohio that is, um, there's nothing really there that you'd say, oh, I know e- East Ohio because of blank. It's not really a place that you go visit. Um, it is near the river. And I the problem here is not just the coverage of it, because I feel like that's been remedied. Last weekend, I would have said, and maybe did say, that it's, it's underreported and it's a huge, huge story. Well, <clears throat> now it's not underreported. It is a huge, huge story, Um, so I'm going to play a clip for you from a movie that actually predicted this. Maybe you've heard all of this already, so I'm giving you everything that we're doing here, but first, this is J.D. Vance. He is the newly elected senator from Ohio, the Trump-endorsed senator. He is actually doing a very good job of using his platform to get the word out that things are not okay. Here's what he's saying, and I'll interpret once we play the clip. Hey guys, so I'm here at Leslie Run and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. Something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. Can you show, can you come here? And and, let me just show this to people. I don't know if you're gonna to see this in the camera, but watch this. Just see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is disgusting. And the fact that we have not cleaned up the, the, the train crash, the fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people who live in East Palestine. Do not forget these people. we got to keep applying pressure. That's how we're going to fix this problem. Thank you. So what he's doing is showing he's standing in a river, actually. It's not a huge river. It's just a little creek, but it's kind of wide. And he takes a stick and he runs it through there. He points out there's dead worms and fish all throughout this thing. So obviously it's not safe. But can you see it? You know, Can you see this? Or is it just something that we're supposed to believe maybe already happened and now it's washing away? It's a moving creek. So he runs <clears throat> the stick through the water. And what you see is, you know how when you stand at a gas station and maybe there's a puddle near you that people have dripped some gasoline in, it has that sheen on it that looks multicolored if you look at it at the right angles. It's like that. But it's not like that when the water's running, just when you dig into the ground that's beneath it, which means that if this were running water and it was a temporary problem, it would be gone. It is in the ground now and in the in the beds of these creeks, and it's continuing to seep up. That's a huge problem. I keep putting myself in the position of being in that town because, gosh, I mean, it's, it's pretty similar to here. You know, we're near the river, near a different river, but near a river. And uh, we have lots of rail that comes right through here, St. Louis, a big rail hub. And what would happen if that happened here and it contaminated everything? And then the government came and said, you know what the best thing to do is, is to blow it up and make a near mushroom cloud out of it and spread it out all over the place to get it away from this one area and keep it concentrated here. Now, in this situation, I actually want to believe the government because you'd hope that the people who are there to clean up, they haven't been compromised by the FBI and stuff. You know, you'd hope that they were showing up just to help because that's their job. That's the tax incentive job that they have. Tax subsidized job is to clean up disasters. And they seem to have made a, I'm not going to say the wrong decision, but certainly a very, very bold one to blow all this stuff up and shoot it into the air and now it's everywhere. And they're. But and the problem is now they're telling you, no, but it's fine. That same water that J.D. Vance is standing in in that clip, that's right near where they're saying, well, we're doing tests and it seems all fine to us. People, there are dead fish in the same water you're testing. I don't know how we've gotten to a level of pure government incompetence But it seems obvious that we have. And it's not partisan. It's government. Government itself is incompetent because they have no competition. They have no accountability. They just do. And they get massive funding. So they never improve anything. So who knows? This is maybe the same technology they've been using since the 70s. I mean, I have no idea. I'm just saying that clearly they're wrong. And they're telling us things that may not even be lies, but just full-on incompetent buffoonery. Now, I did want to get to this real quick. This is a clip from a movie called White Noise that is on Netflix right now. It came out in 2021. It's supposed to take place in the past. supposed to take place in the 80s. But it's about a train derailment in, of all places, Eastern Ohio, and parts of the movie, apparently, were shot in East Palestine, Ohio. Get this. Not a word, not a
0: picture. On the Glassboro channel, we rate 52 words by actual count. No film footage. No live report. Does this thing happen so often that nobody cares? We were scared to death.
1: still are. We left our homes
0: drove through a rainstorm we saw that deadly specter that death ship as it sailed across the sky are they telling us it was insignificant do they think this is just television don't they know it's real shouldn't the streets be crawling with cameras and reporters
2: so he's talking in that clip about the fact that they're all telling that everybody in this eastern ohio town where that happened in the movie that it's fine and he's saying we know it's not we know it's not fine go watch the movie for yourself it's called white noise and it's on netflix if you want to see the comparisons it's pretty remarkable actually let's take a quick break we got a full show so stick around more wiggins america we got the full cast coming in here in just a few minutes
0: yeah, I know
2: UFOs and UAEs are the topic du jour this week, among other things. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about those in a very very strange way. Uh, Wiggins America does that, as you probably know. So thank you for being here this weekend. Uh, so let me let me get into this topic in a weird way. Remember COVID nineteen? They called it COVID nineteen because. COVID was coronavirus disease, COVID, and 19, because it originated in 2019, all the way back then. It's been a few years now, if you remember 2019, things have changed a lot. One of the reasons that COVID-19 became what it was is not because of the virus. I'm saying something you probably already know here, but we got to walk through history to get to the present. It's because of the way the virus was made into an event. And how does something like that become an event? Because by the way, and I don't even want to get into all these statistics here because that's not really the point, but if it were a worldwide, if it were as deadly as it was supposed to be, as it was advertised to be, you would have seen the death numbers across the world skyrocket or at least go up you really didn't um, you saw them go up to levels in which there was a bad flu year roughly so they were up from you know the previous couple of years but if you look back over the last 20 30 years you have peaks where there's just a bad flu year and that's what covid 19 was in 2020 and in 2021 was it was pretty much roughly in line with just other bad flu years and that's not a good year, but it's also not uncommon. It really isn't. So, why did it become what it was? Well, it's because of the way it was covered. It was because every time you turned on any news station, there was a death ticker in the bottom right corner. It's because they told you that they wanted you to completely destroy your life, shut down everything until we say it's okay. Well, of course, that's going to scare people. Now, even if you weren't scared of this the whole time, which I I know it's like cool to say, look back and be like, well, I was one of the ones. Well, I was. I mean, you can check the tapes here. It's a nice thing about being recorded on the radio. Uh, I was on record as, as saying the whole time, I'm just not scared of this. And I have cystic fibrosis. I have a, a, a legitimately bad <laughs> lung disease. So everybody in my life was re- concerned about me and I was not concerned although that's very typical for me. <laughs> I don't really get worried very easily. It's a very nice gift that God has given me. I don't know why he chose that one for me, but I'll accept it. Um, so when I see these things play out, I watch them because it's the media that's doing it. It's the coverage that does it. And you know that. You know people that even if you were like me, you weren't worried about it. You know people who were crippled with fear. They were completely paranoid all the time. You'd probably know people who still are that way now. They've complete their, their psyche has changed, let alone all the other things that have changed in society. The psyche concerning disease for some people, man, I mean, people are fragile. And that's where we're at now. That's where we're at right now. Long way around. But with all of these UAEs and UFOs that are being covered now, People are paranoid because they think this is the next big thing. But realize, just and I'm not telling you how to feel about it, but realize that when something becomes a media event, then it's it's in the public consciousness, and usually people take that as a reason to be afraid. Now, I'm not telling you exactly what this is. I, I have opinions myself. They really don't matter in this instance. What matters is consider this through the lens of where we've been in media coverage and consider that there's really, is there really anything to be afraid of here? I mean, maybe, but don't go there. (laughs) That's, that's my takeaway. And hopefully yours is, is just to take a step back and analyze it based on the facts. And the fact is we don't have very many facts about this because they're pretty tight lipped, but I said I wasn't really going to get into it, but here we go. I think this stuff's been going on for a long time. John Kirby said in that press conference on Monday, and it's been boxed around since, that the, the reason they're noticing these things, because we just had a Chinese f- spy balloon cr- fly across the country, across the whole continental United States. So that is fairly new, apparently, even if they've dipped into our airspace before. I don't think there's, they've done that. So that's new. But... They've changed the way that they're looking out for things. They're looking at lower altitudes. They're expanding their radar to look for smaller, expanding to look for smaller items. And guess what? They're finding them. Is it possible that they've been there the whole time? Yeah. Is it possible that they weren't? Yeah. It's possible that uh, if this is China, that they're like, well, on the heels of them not really doing anything about the balloon. Let's just keep pushing this thing. But consider all of that through the lens of the fact that the only reason you know about it is because of the media and because it became a media event. John Kirby is only doing a, a press conference. Joe Biden's only talking about this. Corinne jean Pierre's is only talking about this because the media, because it's become a story. <clears throat> if this wasn't a story, they'd just be doing something else. <laughs> That's a weird take. But I think there are elements of it that we can all identify with, right? Now, turning, turning a bit here from things that really matter, but still the same type of angle. I'm going to read a headline here, and you'll see where I'm coming from. Now, it's a ridiculous topic, but I think it still says a lot. John Stamos is allegedly, quote, devastated. His full house family is falling apart in the wake of Candace Cameron Bure's comments and other incidents. So, I don't care about Full House. I watched it as a kid just like you did, or as a young adult, because I may be a little younger than you, I don't know. But... The relationship between the cast of Full House is not something that keeps me up at night. I just told you that COVID-19 and the balloons don't even keep me up at night, so I'm not sure that this one would rise to the level of even a small concern. But I bring it up because the headline is the way most people consume news, is you just read the headline and you kind of get a sense for where the world's at. Well, this, even though it's about John Stamos and Full House, is saying something. It's saying something powerful. It's saying that everybody in the full house cast, their family, is falling apart because of what Candace Cameron Bure said about traditional marriage, about focusing on traditional heterosexual marriage relationships on whatever channel that she's plugging, some new channel. Now, if you read the story, which I did, I can't believe that I did, but I did because I'm like, "Mm, is that what really is going on? They go into all the different things that they've had to deal with in the last year or so, and really they center around John Stamos. And I forgot about all this stuff. So there was the Lori Loughlin college admissions scandal, where she went to jail and was in the news like crazy. You remember that? And then there was the fact that you know the the patriarch of the fake family, Bob Saget, died. You know, that'll kind of tear things up. So they go through all these things, and at the end, they're like, oh, and also, um, Candace Cameron has said that she uh, supports traditional marriage. And not, there's no, there's literally nothing in here about any of the cast caring. Maybe Jody Sweeten is saying she supports the... She's an ally, and which would mean I guess you're an LGBTQ ally. <clears throat> but it wasn't really directed at Cam- Cameron, uh, Candace Cameron. So... I I say that because, I don't know, it's full house. Why not? But it's also such spin that whether it be headlines or media in general, media is so controlling over the way we feel and what we feel about things. And I'm just encouraging you. Yes, we're all going to pay attention to what's happening in the world because that's the nature of it. That's news. And we're all news junkies. You're probably listening to this because you're a news junkie too. I am too. But but, but to take it through a filter is so, so important now. and It's one of the things I'm trying to even teach my kids is to, when you receive information, whether it be from a teacher or from me or anybody, especially the media, take it through the filter of what's true and what's the agenda, what's trying to be taught here. Now, that's, that's a weird lesson to teach an eight-year-old or a five-year-old, but it starts now because we're looking for truth, ultimately. Capital T Truth, and also small t truth. We're looking for truth in everything. And it starts now. You have to have that critical eye, and I think that's one of the reasons you're probably here is because you do have that critical eye, or in this case, ear. Thanks for listening to Wiggins America, and thanks for, you know, humoring me through that ridiculous diatribe, but I think there's something there. Hey, the whole crew is here. It's Old Roy. It's Trisha. It's myself. Hello, everyone. Howdy. Hello. Normally... We do serious questions here, which we are going to do. But I usually say, you know, Roy, you should go first. I'm not going to do that this time. Oh. I'm not going to put you on the spot because I know that you don't have one yet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're looking for one during the segment. Yeah. So my hope is that you can still participate in the segment while looking. I, I will do both to the best of my ability. And then at the end, what we're teasing is at the end, you're going to hear Roy come up with something on the spot. Mm-hmm. And then we'll judge whether it was good or not. I think we got a pretty good idea which way that's going to go. <laughs> I have a I have strong confidence in Tricia, so I'm going to say let's go first with Tricia and then myself.
1: Great, that might be misplaced confidence, but I appreciate it. Uh, some red states join push for magic mushrooms. Ooh, explain. Utah is proposing a pilot program for the medical and therapeutic use of magic mushrooms. These mushrooms are illegal under federal law, and many therapists who recommend them to patients require patients to find them on their own out of fear of jeopardizing their license. Uh, Advocates say that these mushrooms have uh, I guess they're good for you, basically, and they're hoping to be able to use them in therapies. Uh, Missouri is actually among one of the states looking at uh, using them legally for medicinal purposes. Serious question. Mm-hmm. Did Alice in Wonderland give you nightmares as a child?
0: Serious question.
1: Yeah, I didn't really
2: love it. Even the cartoon,
1: which was, I guess, especially the cartoon,
2: it was always just a little too much for me as a child. Now, as an adult, <clears throat> I think it's still pretty screwed up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, I, I do think it's entertaining, and I think they've made some good adaptations of it, but... Did it
1: scare you?
3: Yes. Yeah, it did. It, I was not scared by it because I was unfamiliar with the book when the the cartoon came out.
1: Well, so was I. I was Yeah, I, I don't think the, any of I, us had
3: read Lewis Carroll's book if if when I we knew, were watching it. If I knew more about the story... I mean, it's, it's kind of like the old, you know, the old Bugs Bunny cartoons. There was always a layer of subtle adult humor in there, not adult humor being bad. Sexual. Just, yeah, just grown-up humor that, as a kid, you don't even catch. And I think for Alice in Wonderland, for me, there's that whole drug-fueled, crazy, psycho stuff that's in the book and maybe, and some of it.
1: Do they talk about it in the book? I think that that's, a lot of you know, that's inferred in both that, adaptations. I think that Roy is
3: making a leap here
2: that I'm not sure he has to make. Uh-uh. Because what he's saying, and he even brought this up, is that you, he couldn't enjoy the cartoon because he hadn't
3: read the
1: book. No, he said he wasn't scared of the cartoon. He wasn't scared because... of it.
3: For me, it was just a cartoon. Right. And it was a little weird.
1: But I wasn't, as a six-year-old, scared of the cartoon because of the drugs. I was scared of it because that cat gave me nightmares.
3: Oh, the cat bothered you. I, the queen was scarier than the cat to me. So are you saying, just to clarify,
2: that you would have enjoyed Bugs Bunny and Daffy more had there been source material like a book that those were based on?
3: There wasn't? A, the the Bugs Bunny novel that all of this came know <laughs> No, it all
1: came out of Six Flags. Yeah. <laughs> I think no, you have
3: answered the question. No, I think... I am not trying to to make this an intellectual conversation. I, I just to me I th- I think the cartoons at the time with with a couple of it. See, Fantasia was was really weird. That was mm-hmm. disturbing mm-hmm. as a kid watching a cartoon. I'm like, I don't get it. What is this about? Alice in Wonderland had enough silliness that. If you're a kid, you just you just watch it. Do you it think maybe
1: it was maybe. the age you watched Alice in Wonderland? Yeah,
3: I was probably in my 40s when this. <laughs> <out>. So <laughs> it that
1: does make a difference. <laughs> it does. That does make a difference. Yeah.
3: Uh, however, the the Fantasia book,
2: fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
2: <laughs> Mine is uh, a little bit different than that. I, I kind of want to know more about the magic mushrooms. Okay, what's well, what's the purpose of this? Like, that's not how
1: serious questions work. I Okay, you know fine.
2: It. Yeah, we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. OK is a measure for relaxing restrictions on felons changing their names. So not sure exactly why, as a governor of a state that already deals with crime, you would hone in on the rights of felons to be able to more easily change their name and thereby be harder to detect. But my serious question. Serious question. Is thus. (laughs) If you've ever had a stripper name or a rapper name, what would your crime name be? Mine would be Steely Dam. Steely Dam. Got it. Got it. Nice fun. I see. I see what you did there. there. Mm -hmm. Steely
1: Dan. Steely Dam.
2: Steely spelled S T E A L Y. Steely.
3: Mm, Yeah. Crime name. It's hilarious. Thank you. Yeah. And and your crime name? Well, see, usually for the 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 stripper names and all those, there's a formula that you follow. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. there a formula for crime name? Not I yet. Just, I just got to make one up. Yeah, we can we can develop that. Wow. Well.
0: Serious question.
3: Uh, mine would probably be. Uh, Crimey McBadguy. Guy. Ooh,
2: I
0: like. Mm,
3: solid.
2: Yeah, mm. that's great. I think the formula is you take a word associated with crime, like crime, mm-hmm. and then you and make it the the first name, uh-huh. and then you put Mick on another crime <laughs> name. <laughs> that's that's the formula. That's is the that formula? the formula? Yeah.
1: Okay. So, what would yours be? Mine would be Roberta Your stuff. Ooh, a little bit of a twist there with Roberta. Are you saying Ro- Robert? like robber?
2: Oh, Roberta. Okay. Okay, I'm a lady. Yeah. Okay, that works. Yeah. And now we've come to the portion of the segment where Roy gets to pretend like
3: he knew what he was doing the whole time. Oh, I, I, I got this. Good. <clears throat> okay. So the headline is: Super Bowl ads have gone from glory to gutter trash over the past twenty years. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So the the Strong gist language. of the story is: Super Bowl commercials suck. They used to be – that was the thing. A lot of people watched the Super Bowl. They didn't care about the teams in the Super Bowl. They just wanted to see the commercials. I'm still that way, actually. But it's it's getting (gasps) to where they're not – the budgets are going up for these productions. Yes. They're getting big Hollywood directors to make Super Bowl commercials. But they're not as funny or entertaining as they used to be.
2: Mm, Yeah, I I would have to – Lean into that a little bit and agree.
3: Yeah. So serious question. It's where it gets tricky because mm-hmm. I got to come up with something clever. Yeah. Yeah. You need uh, time. No, I got it. Okay.
1: <laughs> we can wait.
3: Yeah. <laughs> was the talking baby that was really popular the E Trade baby? Remember that? You you mm-hmm. probably weren't even born yet. I Trisha. was
1: born yet. <laughs> Roy, come something on. A few years
3: ago. <clears throat> um. Did that creep anybody else out?
0: Serious question.
2: That's a great serious question. Yeah, a little bit. Did you see the one this year? Yeah, it was toddlers. It was like they had graduated. mm
3: -hmm. Yeah,
2: and I, I I wasn't a big fan. Yeah, I I never really was a big fan of those commercials in in general. But to spin out of that question, did you did you watch did you guys watch the Super Bowl this year? Yes, I did. Did you watch for the commercials or did you watch for the game?
1: I watched for the game.
2: Did you see any commercials that you thought were particularly good?
1: Saw that I thought were particularly good? Yeah.
2: Any good ones or just Mm. that they stood out to you at all?
1: I liked that Ben Affleck commercial just because it was funny to see him in a commercial.
3: I did too. Mm. My favorite was the dog one because they threw a little. You didn't see the dog? one. I
1: saw it. The one where the dog starts and has a long, happy life.
3: No, the, the one where the, the dog's tearing up the house every time the family leaves. Oh, no, I oh, didn't,
1: I didn't, no, see, I this didn't see that oh, one. This was a good I thought one. you were talking about... Okay, go ahead. You're thinking no. of the
3: movie
2: Homeward Bound. <laughs>
1: no, I'm thinking of the one about the dog food where the dog starts <laughs> as a puppy and then it shows like the puppy with the kid and then the kid grows up and she has a baby and the dog's still alive, but the dog's aging through the whole commercial. Oh, so you're I watching the life of the dog very quickly and just sobbing. No. So I'm sitting at a Super Bowl party with my friends <laughs> <trying>. just bawling. <laughs> no, this one
3: was a happier one. So it was, it was a, a dog... Loves its family, family leaves, he sits at the window, watches them, and then gradually starts tearing up. They leave, he eats the couch, you know. They leave, he tears into the trash, they leave. And so then there's a scene of the family gets together and they're all looking at the computer and they're deciding, well, shit, is this the one we should get? And they show the screen and it's a kennel. And you're, everybody in the room that I was in was like, oh. Because they, they make you think. That they're gonna they're gonna kennel yeah. the dog. Well, I figured it out. Oh, You figured out the ending? I figured out the ending. It's pretty quick in 30 seconds. <laughs> because, because it was too mean for that to be mm-hmm. the outcome right. of the commercial. They were buying a kennel to go get a puppy friend so the dog had a buddy mm-hmm. and didn't tear up the house. And so it was just really happy. What exactly were they selling? I have no idea. <laughs> and that's the point of a lot of these commercials. They... Yeah. You get to the end of the commercial, like, oh, that was funny. What, Who was that again? What was that for?
2: Yeah. it's it's... My number one, I remember the product because it it brought the product in. It was Pepsi Zero, which I think had been Pepsi One. Maybe they're rebranding it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the Steve Martin version in particular. They had Mm -hmm. a Ben Stiller one that was funny. But Steve Martin, the guy's just funny. He's Mm. always funny. And it gets to the end of the commercial, and they're doing different acting things. And then he takes a drink of the soda and goes... Well, that's really good. Or was I just acting? I was like, that's really funny. This mm-hmm. is a really funny ad and effective. Clever. So there we go. I, th- I can't believe we haven't talked about all week. I don't think on any show I've been on have we talked about Super Bowl ads. Usually that's like du jour for yeah. the day, at least, after the Super Bowl. Uh, we will be back. Old Roy's going to come back. We're going to talk about Nikki Haley. I'm just giving you a warning right now. Okay. So you can't wing it like you just did. <laughs> <laughs> we'll All be right. back. more. more <laughs> Let's get to this before we get to the top of the hour here. The Democratic Party of Illinois is doing a great job. Period. End of sentence. They're also doing a great job of marketing. How do I know? Well, because they're marketing to me. I live in Illinois. As does, I think, everybody. Every single person on the Annie Fry Show, other than Hannah, and every single person on this show, Trisha and Roy, old Roy. We all live in Illinois like a bunch of idiots. Uh, it's just where we were raised. And so we go back because our family's there. And we got built-in babysitters. That's, that's ultimately what it is. Um, but they sent me a packet. They said here, we are the Democratic Party of Illinois moving Illinois forward inside. Learn more about how Democrats are creating an Illinois that works for all of us. So why are they sending this out? I don't know. They must feel like they have an image problem, even though they have maintained a supermajority and can do anything they want. They, They must not feel like the state is behind them for some reason, like that some of their policies that they can enact with no resistance whatsoever aren't popular. I don't know. But this is a message to me asking me if I will join them this fall to knock on doors, make phone calls, and ensure that we do everything we can to elect Democrats up and down the ticket, as if they need a lot of help doing that in Illinois. Together, there is no limit to what we can achieve. And I am so excited for the future of our party. I'm not sure what would prevent them from achieving those things right now, since they have, like I said, literally no resistance from anybody because they have super majorities and they have the governorship so they could do anything they want not sure what they need from me but let's let's find out and then you can tell me whether i should join their cause because i'm just kind of on the fence it says thanks to illinois democrats state government is finally working for illinois families over the la- And they weren't before, but now that there are Democrats in Illinois, because there's been so many Republicans over the years that they finally got them out and they're finally able to do something. Over the last few years, Democratic leaders of every level of government across our state have come together to put Illinois back on track. I'm not sure back on track from what, and deliver meaningful progress from Carbondale to Chicago. We, with leadership from Governor Pritzker and the litany of other people that wanted to have their name mentioned in here, we will ensure we continue to move Illinois forward for working families. Together, Democrats raised the minimum wage to $15 an hour and gave 1.4 million hardworking Illinoisans a raise. They did not mention, and this is a side for me, they did not mention that, Ill, that inflation has outpaced wage gains for the last two years. We passed the largest infrastructure plan in state history, which is painfully obvious to me. I don't ever see a pothole in Illinois, and created hundreds of thousands of good-paying jobs. I'm just glad that they're spending our money wisely, clearly. Uh, We defied Republican naysayers and eliminated the state's bill backlog while delivering four consecutive balanced budgets. Yee... (laughs) Let's just, let's, let's leave that for the moment. We've delivered historic tax relief to families across the state. I, I, again, I don't know how, and earned Illinois six credit ratings upgrades for the first time in over two decades. I will say that's good. I I don't know that that's Democrats, um, but (laughs) Can, can I just pause there? I know I said I'd come back to it, but. The Democrats in Illinois have literally changed nothing about the way they spend. They spent us into these problems, and then do you know why we've gotten credit up, up, up ratings, upgrades? Is is because uh, we were bailed out with COVID money? There was all that trillions and trillions of dollars that was spent on COVID that they went, <clears throat> especially to blue states, to bail them out of bad situations when Democrats got into office in twenty twenty one. That's one of the main reasons that these things have happened that they're bragging about. We took money from uh, you uh, just through a different way and we fixed those problems, and it's not permanent. <laughs> uh, but back to the piece here in the face of a global pandemic, Illinois Democrats led with science, common sense, and compassion to save lives, get vaccines into arms, and get kids safely back into schools. I would say, of those things, again, they're trying to convince me to help them elect Democrats. So they didn't quit convince me with that one. They they said that they got vaccines into arms. I would say that's the one thing that I would agree that they tried to do, and they did so again with your tax dollars and advertised to you with your own fat tax dollars to get those vaccines into your arm with your tax dollars. We expanded access to healthcare and childcare. Not sure how. And reinvested in our schools to ensure all children receive a quality education. Oh, by the way, they did reinvest in your schools. That was, again, federal money spent from the COVID tax relief money. What do you notice different about your school now? Because they did spend a lot of money on your schools. Do you te- can you tell anything that's different? <clears throat> At a time when states around us are moving backwards, criminalizing women's bodies. Wow. That is backwards. You can't even be a woman anymore. I guess we got to lop off their genitals and make them all men. And coming after marriage equality in the LGBT community, I'm not sure I've even seen that in other states, Illinois Democrats have codified reproductive rights into state law and expanded protections for people, all people, no matter who they love or how they identify as freaking Republicans. As rising Republican extremism takes root all around us, Illinois Democrats are sending strong. Are standing stronger than ever. They're like a bastion, really. Uh, they are working for progress, and they're ready to fight for their shared values of equity, justice, and opportunity, and ensure Illinois remains a welcoming state for all people to live, work, and raise a family. I got to tell you, after reading that, I don't think I'm going to help them. I know, I know. You're probably a little surprised by that but I just feel as if some of those are buzzwords and some of them are a little bit of a straw man argument and maybe without context That's just me you if you live in Illinois maybe you got one of these in the mail and you're gonna go help knock on doors for Democrats in the fall. I can tell you one thing it doesn't matter none of it matters at all because uh this was supposed to be a good year for Republicans 2022 and Illinois Democrats they uh just dug their heels in harder because the Republicans are leaving the state that's one that's one question about this I would have <clears throat> amidst all of these great and wonderful things that Democrats have been able to do which I can't really even point to what they are other than receiving a ton of bailout money from the federal government uh they're bl- a, they're blaming Republicans for that this stuff and as you know, Republicans, other than I, Bruce Rauner, who was governor for, for a brief period of time, have had zero power in Illinois. So I, I wonder how long they're able to hold that argument up. But aside from that, why is everybody leaving your state if things are so good? I don't get it. Maybe that's the purpose of the piece: is that they have to reinforce their message because they don't really have anything to back it up. All right, I am Radio Wiggins. Why did I just say my Twitter handle? That's what it is. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Radio Wiggins. My name on my birth certificate is not Radio Wiggins. That would have been incredibly prophetic. My name is Ryan Wiggins. This is Wiggins America. We will be right back.
0: Get more at 971talk.com.